0: Track 32. Authentic Lecture 2. A Brief Overview of Tsunamis. Part 1.
1: Okay, good morning everyone. Today we're going to be talking about tsunamis, and what I'd like to do today is to give you a brief overview of some of the mechanics of tsunamis and their context and how they are propagated. Uh, First of all, what is a tsunami? Now, a tsunami is any sudden non-meteorological induced impulse in the water, regardless of size. And this is a definition from Landers A.L., The Science of Tsunami Hazards. Now, on the left of this slide, I've shown two of the characters for tsunamis from the Japanese. Now, tsunamis often travel at very great speed and with a sufficient force to inundate the land. Frequently, they're named They're misnamed tidal waves. Now the Japanese use this term in the context that destructive waves often develop resonant phenomena. So in the 1700s and the 1800s, they noticed this phenomena, and sometimes before that, where they saw these harbor or port crossing, which is the word su in Japanese, and Nami wave. And that often these harbor or port crossing waves were associated with a lot of destruction. So they were named tsunamis. So there's a great history of tsunamis in the literature. Now, there are three main aspects of tsunamis that I'd like to talk about today. The first is going to be the generation of tsunamis. The second, the propagation. And the third, the landfall of them. We'll look at each one of these in part in this lecture.
0: Track 33
1: Part 2 Now, we've talked a bit about the generation of the tsunami. So, we've started out with the earthquake. The earthquake has occurred. The earthquake generates energy. This energy is transmitted to the bottom of the ocean floor. This is then transmitted to the whole water column. Now imagine with the water column, how deep is the water column? So in the deep ocean, we're talking about water that might be 10, 15 kilometers deep. And this we're now going to look at. So we have this energy, it's been transmitted into this water column. And right now I'm showing you an overview of where we have the motion of the fault block and then the tsunami originated. And we're in the deep water right now. Later on, we'll talk about the shallow water and how this is transmitted to land. <clears throat> For this next part, we want to talk about what happens in the ocean itself, because we have the energy that has been transmitted and it's going from the bottom of the ocean to the top of the ocean, and the energy is going to stay in this water column. But the way it manifests itself is going to be waves at the top of the ocean. So now we have energy in the whole water column, and it is being transmitted to the top of the ocean. So now we need to go back and think about what is the depth of the deep ocean and i made a mistake before which often happens when we're lecturing and i told you that the ocean's depth was 20 to 30 kilometers in fact and i'm glad one of you noticed because i saw your hand up the water depth is actually in the deep ocean two to four kilometers now this is slightly confusing but we have a mathematical theory called deep water theory and deep water theory is quite complicated it only applies if the water depth is greater than the wavelength divided by two so what did we say the wavelength divided by two was we said it was 25 to 150 kilometers for a typical tsunami but this isn't true for the deep ocean the deep ocean we have two to four kilometers So that means we know that deep water theory is not going to apply in the deep ocean. Now shallow water theory in mathematical theory is where the depth is less than the wavelength divided by 20. Now let's take 25 to 150 kilometers. Let's divide that by 20. And we now have 10 kilometers to Uh, 20 kilometers a little bit more and so what we have here is that the waves in the deep water for a tsunami follow shallow water theory shallow water theory on a mathematics perspective and I'll show this in the next slide is much easier in terms of the equation so we're going to be using this so the basic thing to take away from this Is tsunamis follow shallow water theory in the deep ocean as the depth, a couple kilometers, is much less than the wave wavelength, hundreds of kilometers. Now, this will be the only equation I'm going to show you in this lecture, and it's one I'd like you to remember for the exam. The celerity of the waves, and celerity is another word for the speed or the velocity. Of the waves themselves is equal to gravity times the depth of the ocean and then take that quantity and take the square root of it so what is gravity gravity in general is about 10 meters per second squared The depth we've been talking about. So let's take the depth at the deepest part of the ocean. And let's say that's about 4 kilometers or 4,000 meters. So if we have gravity 10 meters per second squared, multiplied by depth of 4,000 meters, and then take the square root of that, that works out to a speed of 200 meters per second. Or... If we could change this to kilometers per hour, about 700 kilometers per hour. Now, through this very simple equation, which has just two variables and is pretty easy to manipulate, we now have an idea of how fast the waves are moving. So we have the earthquake, we have the generation through the water column. This produces waves at the top of the water column, and these waves are tens tens of centimeters, and the speed of them in the deep ocean is around 700 kilometers per hour. So imagine the speed of a jet plane. So imagine that you're traveling from the United States to, say, Africa, and it's going very quickly. That's about the speed in the deep ocean that the tsunami will be traveling.
0: Track 34.
1: So, the real question is what
2: indicators should a country pay attention to? What indicators show economic decline? Some commentators have claimed that unexpected dips in the stock market are one of the key predictors, but this instability is really quite insufficient as an indicator. Why? Because there have been quite a few stock market falls in the last 60-odd years, with no real effect for a nation. The real indicator is the yield curve. An inverted yield curve often signals decline, as short-term interest rates exceed long-term rates.
0: Track 35
3: One type of worker satisfaction is based on employer drivers. These are the things that employers provide for their employees. We call this extrinsic motivation because it is kind of outside the control of the employee they have to take whatever the company offers so there are four main drivers here salary and benefits are the most important as no one wants to work for free people apply for jobs based on the money they're going to earn a close second is the type of work as people want to be stimulated by what they're going to do for 40 hours or more a week Studies by Smith and Thompson have noted that one of the key reasons for leaving a job is monotony and a lack of fulfillment. The next two are also related. It's human nature to want to progress in life. So promotion and training are key factors in making sure workers are happy. This is perhaps why continual professional development has played such a key role in many companies for the last 20 years.
0: Track thirty-six. 1 So
4: there are a few forms of company structure which we are going to look at today. The first step on the business ladder, so to speak, is being a sole trader or partnership. This is where one or two people work in a business, but importantly, they aren't a company. They're liable for their own losses. Then there are limited liability companies. This is quite common. These can be public or private, and lastly, we've got cooperatives, which we'll talk more about in the next session, as they can be quite complex.
2: Two. Now let's turn to another relatively new phenomenon in marketing, and that's viral marketing, the marketer's dream. We're actually going to look at the three principles that marketers use for this to target the right customers effectively. The first thing is to gather social profiles. This gives marketing agencies information on the right type of customer so that they aren't, for example, selling iPads to 70-year-olds, but rather to the young people who have disposable income. Next, they look at proximity marketing, which is looking at activities that people are already involved in online. This can tell you a lot about your potential customers and who should be your potential customers. Keyword analysis is the last one. Researching real-time keyword density tells you what people are typing about, how common words or phrases are or might appear. Let's explore these a little further.
0: Track 37 1
2: The fundamental principles of risk intelligence are all in some way related to transparency and defining roles, responsibility, and authority within the organization.
4: 2. Economists have all evaluated the role of the state differently, and with good reason as far as I'm concerned. Their views have always been rooted in the socio political events of the time, which I firmly believe to be the right approach, despite the theories of thinkers such as Keynes, which
0: attempt to be universally applicable.
5: 3. Intellectual property, or IP, as it's known, is one of the most complex areas of modern businesses, both legally and in terms of business development, as has been shown by Bloom and Davis. Their statistics demonstrate the potential value and therefore the risks of unprotected IP.
0: Track 38 1
2: There is even one idea on trade incentives which suggests that increasing export tax Will have a beneficial effect on company growth. 2. There is even one idea on trade incentives which suggests that increasing export tax will have a beneficial effect on company growth. 3. There is even one idea on trade incentives which suggests that increasing export tax will have a beneficial effect on company growth.
0: Track 39 1.
5: Although economists think we know a lot about market behaviour, if we are truly honest, we have no idea how significant even the smallest changes are. 2. Although economists think we know a lot about market behaviour, if we are truly honest, we have no idea how significant even the smallest changes are.
0: Track 40 1.
3: The long-term economic effects of improved technology in the workplace are especially hard to predict, as we currently have no way of knowing whether new and small companies will have enough resources to embrace them. 2. While it is still not entirely clear how social networking will affect corporate policy, one thing we are sure of is that, in theory at least, there will be some measurable effect. 3. The budget deficit of many countries has now become so large that many of them will be forced to think again on whether subsidies in certain industries, such as agriculture and transportation, are really effective.
0: Track 41. One.
5: Okay. so, interestingly, Jones and Franklin at Columbia University wrote an algorithm which could accurately predict share variation with little market data, despite people thinking this was not going to be possible at that time.
2: Two. For some years now, human resources experts have thought that there must be better ways of assessing candidate suitability than the traditional interview and that companies have to spend more resources in this area.
0: Track 42 1 We are currently focusing on the principles of accounting, and we'll continue this
4: for another three lectures. After that, we're going to start looking at how these principles
0: actually work in practice. 2
2: So let's look at the next slide showing the SWOT analysis of Nike. It's really easy to see how the online threats manifest themselves just by doing a simple Google search. You can also see the impact of online retail simply by the lack of new flagship stores in certain markets.
3: Three. So has everyone read the report on the impact of sustainability policies on what we call the big four accounting firms? Now, I want you to analyse the conclusions and recommendations that we made in light of the theories we covered last week.